0: I'm a part of a committee in the Episcopal Church that has been given the task of sharing with the wider church what is the Episcopal Church's theology of money. What do we believe about money? What do we believe about how we're supposed to use money? The idea being that there are a lot of people in the church who believe that the church should use its resources, its investments, its uh, its income, its budgets to do the work of the gospel, but the rationale for that, the, the reason for that is disparate. It's sort of in lots of different places, and so we have begun our work only recently, and I was on a conference call last night, and one of the members of the conference call, even though we were just starting our work, said something that felt to me like a crystallizing uh, 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 statement for all that we will do in this three-year period, and he said, people come to church looking for a God that is better than money. People come to church looking for a God that is better than money. Think about that. Think about the world we live in, where everything depends on the money that we have or don't have, where we grow up our entire lives wondering, do we have enough, will we have enough, how much is enough? the comparisons, all that comes with it. Think about all the ways in which our world is driven by money, and not just money, but all the other things that money seems to express about accomplishment and success and appreciation and all those things. Think about all the ways in which our world is driven by that, and then imagine, if you will, what it means for everybody to come to church looking for something better, something bigger, something that matters. The God of this world, wealth, money, and the like, The problem with that God, of course, is that that God doesn't give itself to us. It's a God whose demands are never satisfied. No matter how much we have, it always feels like we need a little bit more. Our God says, you're loved just the way you are. Everything is finished. It's all been satisfied. What a remarkable statement that this individual raised up for us. I I love that. When I hear the story of this exchange between Philip and Jesus, I'm I'm drawn back into that conversation that we had last night because it feels often to me like I'm on a path whose destination is around the next corner or over the next hill in a place that I can't quite see it. And I hear Jesus reminding Philip of that deepest truth which is true for all those who know God's love as it's expressed in God's Son, Jesus. The truth that is, you've already arrived. You're already at the destination. That the journey that stretches out ahead of you, is it a journey in search of a destination, but it's it's as if we're walking beyond that destination. In the morning service today, as we celebrated the Feast of Philip and James, we read... A passage from Isaiah in which the prophet describes a message of hope for God's people like a teacher that we will see face to face. And the prophet says, when you walk along the path and you find yourself turning away to the left or to the right, don't worry because the voice of the teacher will be right behind you reminding you to stay on the path that is ahead. That's a vision of life belonging to God, rather than the gods of this world. A life spent walking on whatever the path is ahead, not so much focused on where it will end up, but confident in who it is that walks with us, who it is that walks behind us. Sometimes we get trapped, I think, by what Jesus says at the beginning of this passage, when he speaks to Thomas and says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I think the people who kind of trap us with it are people who use it like a weapon rather than a message of hope. Because listen to what Jesus says to Thomas. I am the way, the truth, and the life. A message that is clarified when Philip says, if you just show us the Father, just show us where it is we're trying to go. You've, you've led us this far. I hear you, Jesus. You're leaving soon. Would you just... Show us the Father, we can take it from here. And Jesus says, Show you the Father. Have you been with me all this time and still you don't know who I am? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you know me, you know God. If you are with me, you're already there. In a world in which we are surrounded by those forces that lead us to question in our minds and in our hearts and in our checking accounts, is there enough? Am I loved? Have I done what I'm supposed to do? Will I be okay? Hear the message of Jesus to Thomas, to Philip, and to us. You're already there. You know me. You know that destination. The the medallion, the the winner's medallion, the, the, the medallion given to the one who has finished the race, is already around your neck. You're on, if you will, a victory lap. Because God has already come and found you so that you journey in that step ahead, always with that teacher's voice behind you, reminding you that you are not alone. Amen.